This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12, like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? And make it a combo with hand-cut seasoned fries and a drink for just $7.99. Time to find a new favorite lunch at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only. While supplies last, price subject to applicable taxes and fees. This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like Hex has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Good evening and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and serial YTK blogger XWHU employee. After unofficially securing Premier League safety with a crucial 3-1 win against Watford and then officially securing safety with another impressive performance away to Man United, the discussion around the future of David Moyes continues to grow. So has he done enough to have a longer term future at West Ham or should we be looking for a bigger name elsewhere to finally take this club forward? With the season drawing to a close, we'll be announcing the prizes of the West Ham Way Premier League Predictions Competition, getting exclusive news and views from X, and answering questions from our collective followers on social media. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, on the last show, you said that the Watford game was our biggest in recent history, and I couldn't agree more. I can't remember the last time I felt physically sick going into a game, but I did last Friday. We desperately needed the boys to deliver, and they did deliver, didn't they? Yeah, played really, really well, mate. Um, it, like you said, it was a nerve-wracking experience beforehand. Like I saw someone, a few people on Twitter say, oh, why are people getting so nervy about this game? If you're old school, you've been through relegations before. <laughs> and yes, I have been through relegations. I, was, I think I've been through four. 
lot if I was trying to work it out the other day. But that still doesn't mean you want your club to get relegated. So I was like absolutely delighted with the performance. The fact that we got two goals um, so quickly as well really helps with those nerves. And obviously added a third before um, half-time. And I thought we played really, really well because, you know, we conceded quickly after half time that could have made our heads go down but it didn't um and it was a really really important result because whilst we weren't mathematically safe until yesterday the goal difference was so huge it would take a a disaster of Nottingham Forest proportions if you see what they, <laughs> if you see what they did yesterday yeah. um yeah. To, to muck it up so um yeah really really happy really really good performance I thought yeah I agree I mean we started perfectly we were on the front foot played with intensity pace and quality with everyone working hard for each other uh, you couldn't have asked for any more I think Declan himself said that it wasn't a great second half from us I agree with that but to be fair you're 2-0 up after 10 minutes. I mean, it's just incredible. And we'd done enough in that first half to get us over the line. And ultimately, on what was a nervy night, we got the job done and that's all that mattered. But what was going through your head when we're 2 up after 10 minutes? I was just thinking, I can't believe this is happening because, <laughs> you know, it was it's never easy. Being a West Ham fan and they were making it dare I say it's quite easy the fact that we went 2 new up and, um, you know, it was fitting that the goals were... Um, uh, Antonio and Suchek, you know, the two real informed players at the yep. moment. Um, so, you know, that was really, really good. Um, Suchek's goal particularly was really well taken. You know, the, the bravery to get that header in, the determination, the fact that no one was going to stop him getting that header in. Um, and I thought it was just re- a really, like you said, a really good performance. I thought everyone played well. Um, I think um, Antonio has been a revelation since we've been... Um, back, um, I think Bowen's been amazing. Mm. Uh, Suchek, Rice, you know, there's a whole number of players that have really stood out. And yeah, we totally, I mean, rightly so, because we are better on paper than Watford and we battered them yeah. um, away from home at the start of the season. So I was kind of thinking we would win it, but it was just nice to do it so, so comfortably. And then, um, you know, we just pretty much secured our position there and thought we played really well yesterday as well. I mean, you know, the Manchester United had a lot more to play for than we did and we were mm. a better team. So. Yeah, we did, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last month or so has just been fantastic as a West Ham fan with the exception of Burnley and the slight frustration of not coming away with three points against Newcastle. We can't really complain, but we can't move on from Watford until we talk about Declan's goal. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because you've said on a previous podcast as well, it was part of your section, I think, even, that the lads and the staff at West Ham actively encouraged Declan to have more attempts at goal from range. And judging by that, you can see why. Yeah, his shooting is known to be one of the best in the club. And, you know, when they have shooting drills and so on, he often rifles them in. And, you know, so the players give him a bit of stick because they're like, you know, it doesn't matter. You can do that in training, but you're not doing it in the match. So he's been encouraged to shoot a lot more. You know, he almost scored against Manchester United yesterday as well. Um, and I think I think he, he has got a good shot on him. And part of me would almost be tempted to do a swap, although it's... It's difficult to say that now because we've played well as it is, but to almost put Noble or a similar person back where Declan is and say to Declan, "You be the slightly more advanced out of the out of the three of them," um, and but so that he can get his shots in. But um, yeah, I think his his shooting is a side of his game that is definitely underrated, and I'm glad that he's starting to show what he can do from from range. 
It just shows he's the full package, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, after and he's getting better and better. He is. It's it's frightening. I mean, not only should he be the first name on West Ham's team sheet, he should be the first name on England's team sheet. Yeah. That's the way he's going. He's just absolutely incredible, and to to be that full package now is is just frightening, and it constantly just blows my mind, yet makes me smile. How it's only West Ham fans that seem to rate Declan Rice. It's a, it's a good thing in a way because it oh, takes, massively. The, takes the pressure off him so, somewhat. Um, I mean, you know, you only have to look back to Declan's story where, as I said, released by his boyhood club, his family, a massive Ch- Chelsea fans at the age of 14. You know, that'd be a massive... You know, you, you said yourself you were released by Charlton and that had a massive knock-on effect on you. Mm. You know how so many kids, it can have that massive knock-on effect on to the point where they don't turn it around. But mm. obviously he he went to... had the option of going to West Ham and Fulham. Thankfully chose us over, over them and then he was in the same sort of cohort of, of players as Reese Oxford... Um, uh, Powell uh, the left back Neuville there's another guy called Akinola and there was someone else can't remember the other um, Scully the guy that's gone to um, Lincoln he was in that cohort and out of all of those players he was the last one to get a deal and he was the one that they thought oh, I will probably release him that he had one game against um Fulham I think it was ironically and he was played at a centre back and it was almost like a make or break game and Mark Phillips put him at centre back and he played like out of his skin and got man of the match and there's a really good report on on him and the club thought actually maybe he's got a few things we'll give him a contract and he just kicked on from there and and he's just getting better and better you think he's is he 21 now? 22? 21, I think. Um, and he's just getting better and better and better. By the time he's like 25, 26, you know, he's gonna, at the peak of his game, he's going to be a sensational player. Um, sadly, I'm not sure it'll be with us, mm. but still, it's it's good for our academy to have produced yet another world-class player player. Mm. I sent him a message after the Watford game, a did bit you? of a, a heartbreaking plea oh, did you? Uh, that, that sort of went somewhere along the lines of, please give us one more year, Declan. <laughs> please don't leave. You could, you could have the armband here next year. Uh, you can negotiate yourself a fantastic deal. You've got your whole career in front of you, Declan. <laughs> Fucking please don't go. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I didn't expect him to reply to that. You know, he's not going to say, uh, yeah, all right, Dave, as it's you, I'll sign a six-year deal. Speak well, to you in the morning. Know. I think he thinks highly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, we're not having fucking arguments on Twitter in public that gets reported in the national press. Other than that, it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I love him. Love him on and off the field. And uh, I mean, he's just going to go on to have a fantastic career. And it just breaks your heart that you rightfully say it's not going to be with West Ham. But I said to you off air, this is one of the frustrations and the bigger picture of West Ham not kicking on as a football club. Because I'm convinced that if we'd have finished sixth this season mm. and we was knocking on the door of European football and you know we had exciting players playing in, in an exciting way with a manager that the players believe in and can get behind. You you may well get another season out of Declan, but you can't expect top talent like that that wants to cement a place in the national side to keep giving to this football club when we're just treading water all the time. No, exactly. You, you can't blame him for, for if he does leave. I mean, he might not leave. He does He does love West Ham. He's yeah. very, very passionate about the club. Um, and like I've always said on this show, I think it would take Chelsea to offer for him and obviously for us to accept 
Brexit and before, and if it would happen, I'm not even sure he'd be that tempted by other clubs. It'd just be Chelsea. But um, I think you can't you can't blame him as much as I would hate it. I would hate for him to go. If you're you know you got to think of it from us, like his family are all big Chelsea fans. You know he started his career there. He lives near there. You know it's the same if like we were. But well, actually, it's not because Chelsea are a much better team than us. So you get all the, you know, he gets to play Champions League football, gets a challenge for the Championship, maybe in a few years' time, gets to play in the Cup final, FA Cup final. Um, whereas at West Ham, what what is he gonna get every year? Probably not much different to what we've got this year, mm. which is a relegation battle, and he's better than that. And you, as much as you want loyalty, you can't tell a player that's that good. You got to stick around and play in a relegation team. He'll get. There's nothing to stay at West Ham other than the loyalty that he will have to the club because he he likes West Ham. But you know everything: your salary, your job prospects, your England career, your family support. There's you know I don't. I hope he stays, but if he doesn't, then you can understand it. He is a he is a world class player. And if you remember back to when we interviewed him. You know, he just played a few yeah. friendlies for us. And I said to you then, this guy will be as good as he is. And he has proven that because mm. I knew he had the mentality to do it. And as we've said on this show before, mentality and mental strength is a lot more important than other things. Technically, if you'd looked at both him and Reese Oxford at the age of 16 and watched, I don't know, 10 Academy training sessions you would have said Reese Oxford's the better player you'd have looked at him and said take I'm taking him out of if you had a choice out of the two but what Reese um didn't have which Declan has is the heart desire and the mental strength and now Declan's pushed on to uh, developing himself to what he has now and Reese Oxford's not even getting a game in a crappy German team yeah. you know I think he would struggle now to maybe get a place in the Premier League he might even struggle to get a place in the Championship side now Reese Oxford and that's the difference between how their careers have gone yeah spot on I mean look it's a difficult one with Declan Rice because you don't know where his head's at you know he, he, he looks fantastic off the field he says the right things and he always looks happy when he's playing for West Ham but assuming he's not desperate to leave, assuming he's not desperate to leave, I don't know why David Sullivan, I mean, maybe he will, but I don't know why David Sullivan doesn't sit him down and say, look, Dick, realistically, unless this club kicks on, we expect you to leave. We expect offers to come in and we're not going to stand in your way. However, you're 21 years of age. We want to build this club around you. You will get into the England team and you'll be a regular in the England team because you'll carry on playing as good as you have been week in, week out for us. Here's the captain's armband, and here's £200,000 a week. Right, the only problem, I think they've done everything that you've suggested there. To that extremity, yeah, that yeah. that Apart sort of financial from, conversation. No, <laughs> they've done everything but the last part. Well, of there that. you go. And this is why... What do they expect? Them, I mean, fuck me, that, to me, that's not going all out to keep your superstar, no, well, to keep your treasure. I, well, what have they, have they... Have they had any financial discussion with you? I... Um, how do I say this without saying too much? I'll tell you off air, but, but what this in more detail? I can't but, tease the listeners like that, mate. That's unfair. Okay, I'll say a bit about it. So the poll I did, which I know is coming up, is yeah, right. we're going to talk about that. So I sent that poll to the club, right? Right, because okay. I thought it, they'd be interested to see what the feedback would be on a poll that did get eighteen thousand yeah. West Ham fans voting on it. So I sent it in as a, almost like a. 
uh, what's the word? A um, break the ice type thing. Um, and I and once I sent that in, I also said it was like asked a few cheeky questions. Just to, haven't done that for ages. Yeah. But I thought I'm just going to ask a few cheeky questions, and I did kind of mention whether we'd be able to. We should. I said we should do that for Declan Rice, and I was told he has a four-year contract with the option of a further one year if we if we need to. Uh, therefore, we won't be doing that. How blinkered? How blinkered is that? Yeah. You're going to get some of the country's best clubs coming forward, offering probably treble what is on now, and you you're so tunnel visioned that you can't see that your only option is to put a kid of that age on massive money and give him the armband. It's your only it's your only option. Okay, of course it is, mate. There's you. And, and thought- you know what? Two hundred grand might sound ridiculous, but actually it's not because you're gonna we've, we've lost Sanchez. Yeah. That's close to hundred grand a week. Yeah. Um, who else have we lost off the Zabaleta. wage bill? Zabaleta. You know, some of these fringe players that hardly kicked a ball for West Ham, fucking, you know, what we've saved from their salary, lump that on the decks. Mm. What have you got to lose? Deck because of- one thing that we're going to have to do when inevitably he leaves West Ham is try and replace someone that's irreplaceable. Yeah. How much are you going to spend even if you get close on a transfer fee and wages? I'd rather not have to find a transfer fee and give him 200 grand a week. Why not? Exactly. I mean, I, I, there's this stat which... Um, uh, and Manchester Andy sent to us um, or sent to me I don't know if he sent it to you or not um, mm-hmm. but he sent it to me and um, it says that there are still seven outfield players who are on course to play all 3,420 minutes of the Premier League season they are George Bullcock I think plays for Sheffield United, does he? Not entirely sure. Mm, Right, yeah, I think so. Connor Cody plays for Wolves, doesn't he? Harry Maguire, obviously Man United. Declan Rice, James Tarkovsky is the Burnley guy, isn't he? Yeah. They shouldn't be. should have been sent off against us. And Virgil van Dijk, obviously Liverpool. James Ward-Prowse, Southampton. Um, They're the only ones that have played every single minute of every game. So not only are you, you getting the best player you're getting a player that is there exactly and for West Ham as well you you know with our injury record and so on to have a player that can be available for every game (laughs) is is worth paying the extra money for (laughs) I mean to put it into perspective we played Jack Wilshire about I think from memory about £100,000 a week and Jack Wilshire has God knows what his minute total is since he's been at West Ham I'd love to know what it is out of what it could have been you know I would guess it would be something like you know I don't know but he's played like I guess a 30th of the minutes he could play something like that or 50th of the minutes he could have played um and he is basically um uh yeah getting paid that much money which is pretty much I would estimate roughly double what Declan Rice is getting and um, where's the logic exactly where's the logic and it and it's just a shame that um you know we we uh, we are so narrow-minded like that um yeah, let's not try to be. Let's not be too depressing because it was a great. Before the Man United game, if anything, the Man United game was better than the Watford game, and I tell you yeah. why because of course we had a massive game to play against Watford, so naturally the players were motivated because it was obvious the importance of that. The game against Manchester United yesterday, yes, barring an absolute disaster, we could have got relegated, but let's be honest, we we weren't gonna be. Um, they had a lot more to play for. They're, Inform side, and we we were the better team. We we, we yeah. really, on the face of it, should have won that game. Um, and I think for me, that was a huge, huge turning point 
for me in my support of David Moyes as well. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and we will come to that in a second. Because interestingly enough, and the David Moyes debate is going to be coming, uh, which is pretty much born from your poll that you put out on Twitter. But up until you said that, I actually didn't know where you sat. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting yeah, that you're sitting I, in the opposite corner to me now. I think so. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's going to make for good listening. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you a question quickly because I'll give my thoughts on the May night performance, which I thought was brilliant. And actually, in a nutshell, I'll do it now. I mean, our attitude and work rate once again was exceptional. Um, we clearly had a game plan that was well executed. At times, we kept possession and played some nice football. Which, when you go to Man United away, I mean, it's one of those games in the fixture list that you just automatically write off. Um, Apart from a shaky fifteen minutes, really, I thought we were we were absolutely incredible. We were solid defensively. We looked confident. We we seem to have had this newfound confidence from somewhere. And naturally, you do point towards David Moyes giving that to the players. And if that's the case, you can't do anything other than credit him at such a crucial time in the season for doing that. But that was just a fantastic performance. And for the listeners that don't know, confirm to us why Mark Noble didn't take the penalty. Um, well, he'd had a discussion with Antonio beforehand, and Antonio had said to uh, Noble had said to him, "What's your target for the season?" And it was ten, uh, and he was on nine before that. So he'd said, "If he gets a penalty in either game, bearing in mind that, as I've said before, the game was reasonably insignificant," he said, you, "I'll let you have it." Um, also, Antonio, I think his target for getting ten was also financially rewarded as well so I think in order to sort of keep spirits up and also I guess because Antonio is the four man at the moment so chances are he would have scored it anyway um that's why but I do think that's a massive sacrifice because that's another goal that Mark Noble could have had to his tally which I think might have been his 50th Premier League goal possibly um and so to have that you know give that up because mm. you want to help your mate out. I mean, maybe he took a cut of Antonio's time. I don't know. <laughs> if I he don't... was clever enough, he would have yeah, done. exactly. But I don't think he needs to, to no, be fair. No, no. So, um, so I think... Speaks volumes of Mark Noble. It though, does, it? it does. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not sure, really. If I was the manager, I'd be happy with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know because, what you mean. Because, yes, it was a relatively insignificant game, but every game has significance. And, you know, you want to play as well as you can and beat you know we beat Man United at home this year if we'd done the double over them that's quite you know an achievement for David Moyes against the club that like binned him off after nine months or whatever it was I think if I was the manager I think I'd be pissed off with that I don't think I'd be happy and I think whilst he scored so it's kind of irrelevant had he missed that I think I'd have been annoyed do you remember back in the day I think it was 1997 um, Hartson and Kitson and Kitson was on a hat trick, and Hartson was the penalty taker, and Hartson let Kitson take it, and we were two new up. Uh, I think it might have been against Everton, possibly. Um, this is all from memory, so people can't criticise. They have to stat check me, but we were two new up. Hartson gave it to Kitson, he missed it, and then we ended <laughs> up lo- uh, drawing. I think two all, and Redknapp was absolutely fuming with the pair of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 this is yeah, I can scenario. see that, and it backs up your point. I mean, we can go back to 1986. And we beat Newcastle 8-1, the famous game with with Alvin Martin hat-trick. But to score the hat-trick, Alvin Martin needed to score a penalty that was given to him by Ray Stewart. uh, Because he was on two, and and apparently the whole of the bowling ground was shouting for Alvin Martin to take the penalty to get his hat-trick. When he took the penalty and he scored it, 
the players all went back in the dressing room and apparently John Lyle went fucking mental. Really? Even though we were pissing it by six or seven goals at the time, he said, we're in with a chance of winning this division now. Goal difference is going to be absolutely key. So don't take any risks whatsoever. Have your best players on set pieces at all times. And that isn't Alvin Martin. So yeah. he, he really gave him an ear bashing. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Moyes' take was on that. Of course, it's different circumstances because it was a nothing game for us. I'd like to see, A, if Mark Noble would have given it to Antonio if it was crucial to our Premier League survival and hear what Moyes would have to say about it if, again, it was uh, dependent on a win. But that's interesting. The question I wanted to ask you was, before the lockdown period, we were speculating as to whether not having a crowd would be a positive or a negative for the players. Is it a coincidence that our rich run of form has taken place in empty stadiums? Didn't I say to you I thought we'd be a better team in an empty stadium? Yeah, I think you did. I also told you we'd stay up. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I also told you Declan Blake's rice would be world class. Uh, so yeah, maybe, you, don't know, you ain't got a lottery numbers for this Saturday, have you? <laughs> maybe I should just do a show on my own. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but you've got to be honest, though. It 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 was looking shaky before the Chelsea game, wasn't it? I mean, that yeah. for me was the turning point. Oh, before yeah. Chelsea, which was a result that I didn't see coming... I thought we were doomed, and and you can't blame me for that. No, but I, I mean, I always thought we were okay because of the poorness of the other teams. Yeah, and that, yeah, that kind of has been proven to be correct. But the reason why I think we've played better is because of the team selection. Now, if you look at it, the team selection has taken out Anderson. Now it's taken out Lanzini. Mm-hmm. It's taken out Hilaire. Um, Hilaire or injury has, but he hasn't been selected for the last what, two, three games now. Um, so you've taken out Alaire, who I don't think works hard enough. I know I get slated, but I'm going to say it again. Anderson, Lanzini. I actually think Alaire's done all right when he's came on as a sub, to be fair to him, um, in the games that he has came on. But it's no cool. it's no surprise to me that you take him out, you stick Antonio up front, who isn't even a forward, and he's suddenly scoring all these goals in a team where apparently there's no service. But they're clearly it must be some form of service because he's got as many goals as he has. Um, but you've taken. But Hilaire some... hasn't been playing in that team that's been giving him service. He has. He's came on as a sub. Yeah. Not... Is it enough to have impacted? Probably the not. Game? No. Probably not. And I think he's and in his defence, I actually think he's played quite well when he's came. Yeah, on. I, I do. But I think he's held the ball up quite well. Um, but um, you've taken those three out. You've taken out. Um... There was one other I was thinking as well. I can't remember who it was now, but certainly you've taken those three out and you've replaced them by Bowen. Um, you've replaced them by Suchek. You've replaced them by Antonio. You've replaced them by players that work for the club. And I think that is why. I think, but unfortunately, Anderson and Lanzini and Allaire were suffering from a massive loss of confidence. And I think replacing them with players um, that, are mentally stronger, perhaps, if that's the right phrase. That's been why we've started to perform. So let's talk about the hot topic of conversation then. So David Moyes, does he deserve a long-term future at West Ham? And is he the man to take this club forward? Because they could be two different answers. I mean, let's start with the poll that you put out on Twitter and what the results were and how many people actually voted. Well, it was about 17,880, something like that from the top of my head. So let's call it 18,000, 18,000 people. And 70% said he should stay, um, as opposed to 30% that said he shouldn't. Now, admittedly, that was on the back of the Watford performance. So we everyone was like buzzing but I did it deliberately for this show because I thought it'd be interesting because both you and I and I hold my hands up had said that we didn't think he was the right man for 
for the club. Um, but that poll suggests at now that 70% think he should be the man for the club. So let's talk about your opinion on it, because yeah. you're quite right. I think we both got to a point that Moyes had to go. My point came against Tottenham away. I felt he should have been sacked after the game. He wasn't. Um, what's the turning point for you and why? Why do you think David Moyes is the man to take West Ham forward? Well, I wouldn't say... So you said long-term. Now, I wouldn't say long-term. I think he needs the chance to prove that he's the man to be long-term. So I'm saying that I think he needs to start next season as the manager. And obviously, if we get... His contract is up in six months' time, though. Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. So So what are you doing on that side of the argument? If David Moyes comes into your office as David Sullivan and ex-morphs himself into David (laughs) Sullivan, similar height, actually. I'm sure. And he, and he comes knocking on your door mm. and he says, right, I've kept you up, but I've got six months left of my contract now. I got let go once. I've come back in. I think I've shown some promise. I see this is a project. I'm not comfortable sitting on just six months left in my contract. I want a two to three year contract now before we start next season. What are you saying to I him? would do what David Sullivan has already said and said. I will, give, I will review it at Christmas. And David Moyes being David Moyes because he hasn't got many other options. Well, he didn't. We'll take that. And that's what's happened. Right. So I will say, because right. the contract will not be reviewed until Christmas. This was going to come in my section. Um, but I'll say it now that all contracts, players, and um, staff are going to be reviewed at Christmas time. Even so, Declan Rice after a summer Declan transfer Rice, window. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So I'm saying that to him and I'm saying to him, look, okay, you've done... Because basically, mate, you've got to think of it like this. Yeah, now I, I, I know I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but I am basing it now on the fact that we've beaten Watford. We've played very well against Manchester United. Um so I'm am basing on the fact that he seems that we've turned it around a bit. He's been brought in twice to do a job. He's done that job two times. Now I know you did a good analogy. If you was employed at KFC to serve chicken, you would be expected to serve chicken. Exactly. But mate, the situation was the club was gonna in it was in the position to get relegated because a manager that was paid however much it was 10 million a year was going to relegate us previous to that a manager that had got us near champions league was going to relegate us so it obviously perhaps isn't as easy as we think it should be because previous managers weren't able to do that hence why we had to then turn to Moyes. You you could argue that Pellegrini might have finished 15th himself, 14th, 13th, 12th. Possibly. I mean, it's not as you, the way you're talking there is if we're talking about David Moyes coming in and getting us to 7th or 8th no, he he came in to basically keep us up with a squad that was not his until he added Suchek and Bowen, who have been revelations, the two of them. He he brought in Randolph as well, which is obviously forgotten about because we haven't had to use him very much. But I don't think David Moyes would have persisted with um, Roberto as much as Pellegrini did, for example. So David Moyes has came in. He's made two good signings. Suchek and Bowen have been brilliant signings. Uh, and you yeah. have to credit him for yeah. that. And and it counteracts the 12 million he spunked on Hugo. Yeah, well... I'm, so, okay, yeah, you're yeah. quite right. Two fantastic signings. Bowen was man of the match for me against Manchester United yeah, yesterday. Yeah, work rate, unreal. Work rate was unbelievable. He got kicked all over the place by yeah. that Williams, whatever his name was. Um, and he kept getting fouled constantly. But he was such a threat. And Suchek is just a danger constantly. Um, I am. Um, so he's done that. The players love him, which I think is a massive thing. The only players that don't love him are the players that shouldn't be there. You know, the players that love him. So you're talking about your core of like 
I guess your important players in the dressing room like Rice, Noble, Snodgrass, all right, they might not be your best players, certainly the latter two, but they're important people in the dressing room. And you've been room. told that. Yeah, mate, you can 100%. I've told you this before that the players love him. That's why they wanted him back in the first place. And then you only have to see Declan Rice's reaction against Watford where he runs to the manager, the play, the the players, the players that are performing for the club like him, the ones that don't the ones that I yeah, shouldn't but be fucking anyway. hell, mate. I'm not being funny. You know, I cuddled my father-in-law at 12 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Damn it, it's how like the cunt, does it? Yeah, but, mate, that's because you're in a room and you have no other choice. <laughs> Where <laughs> Declan could have run anywhere in that stadium uh, and he didn't yeah. have to run to the manager. How many how many man- players run to the manager like that then? Well, how many um, managers have we had that have been just as popular with the players Slavin Bilic apparently was loved by the players yeah but he was loved because he was a, a DOS towards the end so, Sam Allardyce was loved by the players yeah okay fair enough you know, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to make a good manager no it does doesn't it? but it's important to have the people oh, on it, side yeah you'd rather um, he, he was on side than not I mean, yeah. I mean I, I'm not going to ask you to name the players who don't like him but well it's the obvious ones the ones that will be being sold but, right, okay. the, but the, the thing is the the what you have to look at it, mate and this is the important thing for me and this is what's really brought it home to me who else is going to want to manage West Ham really realistically and I know you do the whole like yeah. big club in London or iconic stadium stuff and I agree with you but that's with the chairman we've got now now the chairman we've got now as we've already discussed with Declan Rice will not pay they're saying through their spokespeople um, Clara and you sure won't mind me saying that um, that they've got no money to spend zero money to spend on players even when we buy Suchek we've got to sell someone to fund Suchek basically um, mm. so we've got no money now they take over their reputation as being uh, as the people to work for is appalling. You have to listen to Sam Allardyce on Talk Sport and yeah. so on. Who else is going to want to come in realistically yeah. that you would want that you can guarantee is going to be an improvement on Moyes? Because realistically, you'd have thought Pellegrini would have been. Hence, why he got the job. He technically has been a disaster. Really, not a disaster. Mm. That's harsh. But when you look at some of the things that have happened, you know, some of the signings and the situation. You know, why the hell did we sign Jack Wilshire on a hundred grand a week? That was Pellegrini mm. that wanted that um, and mm. um, so you know realistically who is going to come in that we can say is definitely going to be better than David Moyes? Well they're two different conversations aren't they because on the one hand I suppose I'm speaking theoretically in which case yeah. because if, if there isn't anyone out there or even if there is someone out there but the owners won't pay for them then it's a pointless discussion because we're fucked anyway well, exactly what we are because you, I mean look at the managers we talked about on last week's show yeah go through the ones that you said Pochettino po- po- well po- Kovac is off the market Kovac now he's gone, gone. Pochettino's not going to come with zero budget um, yeah exactly yeah. And- no, you, no you're right I mean this is what I mean you've got two different problems there you've got the owners their reputation what they'll pay for wages what the transfer budget would be I can't see any manager wanting to work for them so that's a separate conversation the the kind of the angle I'm taking is let's forget that for a second let's forget that for a second I know how relevant it is to the situation but just humor me is David Moyes the man to take us forward does he have the ability 
to take us forward and achieve good things with his football club. I think he needs to be given the chance to show now because what does that say about us as a club as well? Or to any potential manager, right? We're twice now we've brought in this guy to do a job, which is basically keep us up. To us, yes, it might look like an easy job, but effectively that's the job he's been given. Twice he's done it now, and then we're going to sack him anyway. Why would you want to come and work for West Ham if that's the yeah, case? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we're talking about... That squad of players, how long have I been saying that is a top seven team on paper? On paper. When you look at the squad. Yeah, no, I, no I, I make you right. But at the same time, man management and getting the best out of those players is a skill required as a manager. Now, Pellegrini came in and I think that, that his brain was in retirement mode anyway. I was so disappointed by his time at West Ham. It was unbelievable. When it comes to Slaven Bilic, I think that he lost respect to the dressing room because like you said, he became a walkover. It became a DOS house at the training ground. Fucking people were bringing their dogs in and all sorts. It was ridiculous. But they David Moyes coming in and being told that your expectation is to keep that squad, that squad in the division when you've got long enough to do better than that, for me, tells me that's how highly they think of him. They're not saying, right, well, maybe they have, but to my knowledge, they didn't say, right, Dave, obviously this is a no-brainer, but we want you to keep us in the division. But with those players on those wages, with that level of investment we've put into them, we really would like you to to get them into the top 10. And if you do that, we can talk about the future. If you don't and you achieve the bare minimum, then thanks again, Dave. Another tick on your CV for completing an objective on, you know, at your time at West Ham. But now we, we feel that to take this club forward, we need to look at someone else. And who do we look at? Well, if the existing problem of the bold wasn't there, the names I mentioned last week, at least have that conversation. And the thing is, right... But it's, not, it's irrelevant, eh? Well, but it is, well, yeah, you could argue it's irrelevant. So then this does kind of make it an irrelevant discussion. So then the depressing bigger picture is, are we all fucking doomed? Because we've got owners that ain't going to pay the money and you've got owners who can't attract bigger managers than David Moyes. And whether we like it or not, David Moyes is going to be our manager and probably get his contract renewed for next to fuck all in six months' time. So then everyone that expects and demands and wants next level from West Ham, you ain't going to get it. So, you know, it's all very well, these little polls coming out and those kind of results. Let me tell you something. I think it was before the Norwich game. Somebody on Twitter, and on my life I'm not making this up, put out an identical poll. And if you're that person listening, screenshot me the results of that poll. wasn't to the extreme of 18,000, but it gave it a bit of momentum. And I promise you, it was there or thereabouts, identical, flipped. Yeah. So you read first. So, so, and I was shocked at the results. But then, since then, mate, you've beaten Norwich 4 0. You've beaten uh, Watford 3 1. It's the first time he's won two games in a fucking row. And people are talking about him like he's some sort of Scottish Jurgen Klopp. (laughs) No, and I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. I wish there was better options out there. And I wish we didn't have to go down this route. And I wish West Ham weren't struggling like they are. But, mate, you say, like, you know, you come to West Ham and you've got all those players. You should be able to keep them out. I said it before in the previous podcast it's like being told right you've got a, a, a chicken korma you've got some chips you've got some peas you've got a banana you've got like all these nice things on their own now make a great meal okay that's what the problem the players didn't have the right mentality or the right chemistry or the right look at fifa for example i hate to use that as a reference but fifa has like, a whole thing on the importance of chemistry in a team right and i'm not saying that the fifa is obviously the bible for football opinions but it is is so important that he then 
realised that something wasn't right at that club and brought in Suchek and Bowen, and those two have been huge. He put Antonio up front, and Antonio, like he did with Anatovic, has turned into a goal scorer now. Um, he's he's basically managed to take what is a, a was an imbalanced squad to a squad that's performing well. Now, I know I'm contradicting myself because I said last week, or whenever it was, I don't think he should be manager, but on the back of the Watford game, the back of the Manchester United game, I think he needs to be given a chance. Now, at the summer to buy his own players, he needs to be given until Christmas, and if it's not working there, we say, look, we have tried with this man, he clearly isn't the right man, we're going to have to go again, but if you t- if you get rid of him now, A, I don't think there'll be any takers, B, they'll have next to nothing to work with, C, I don't. I think the players would be annoyed with that. I just think now he has to be given that chance. I, I look at Watford, right? Nigel Pearson has effectively on the brink of keeping Watford up when they were. Oh, I didn't they, agree with that at they, all. Yeah, that was they ridiculous. were right at the bottom of the league. Yeah, you know, going nowhere. And um, the, you know, the Cowley brothers at Huddersfield, they'd got two points from the first nine games. Huddersfield before they appointed those two. Yeah, they've got them. They're now safe in the uh, championship. They've sacked them as well. And I just think it gives, you know, why would you ever want to go and manage Watford? Seriously? Yeah. Because Watford just seems to sack managers left, right and centre, mm. bring play- managers back that used to manage them, bring players that have been out of work for ages. They have no strategy. And I think if we did that with Moyes to a point, I can't even think of someone realistically that we could get now, the Cowley brothers maybe, but, what you know, that would be a massive gamble. Um I think it just wouldn't be right. I think I think you've got to give him a couple of like the summer, give him till Christmas, and evaluate it then. But then, if we give him till Christmas and we're absolutely dog shit, then you're basically giving yourself three or four months to survive. You know what? Why not get someone else in? And yeah, okay, look, we could, we could bring in Moyes back for the third time if we get someone else in. Well, yeah, but then, I mean, to be honest, we're such a laughing stock. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I understand what you're saying about Watford, and I agree with you on Nigel Pearson. I thought that was disgusting. But Watford are not West Ham. There is that clear objective constantly where they they are going to be floating above relegation. We should be in the top eight. Okay, I'm going to drop an exclusive in at this point now, okay, yeah. which was going to come in my section, but it's relevant to the argument. You're taking over from Moyes. <laughs> I wish, mate. I actually think I could do a good job, but no, no, obviously that's the arrogance that everyone says I have. Um, with you and my assistant, of course. Um, basically, Moyes is on uh, almost three million to keep West Ham in the Premier League this year. Oh, no wonder he's fucking turned it around well, at the well, death Well, end. there you go, but why was he given such a big bonus? Because it was... Well, when was he given that incentive? When he took the job. When he took the job. Yeah, it's between two and three million. It depends who you believe, but it's certainly around those figures. So why would you be given that much of a bonus if it was that easy a job to do? Because the chairman are tight. The chairman aren't going to say, that's like if your theory on um, cooking chickens, correct, at KFC, that's like you getting the job at the, there. And they say, right, Dave, when you've cooked 10 pieces of chicken, we'll give you three million for it. Yeah. You know, and that's and no no one would I'm, do I'm that. I'm with you. Yeah, but see, I, I do think that's ridiculous because, you but know, that shows how hard they must have thought the job was and how big a shit well, they must well, have well either that Either that, or they're tight, or the they chairman. were, yeah. But either that, or they were just panicking so much that they wanted to throw him an extra incentive because that three million, in comparison to the money they'd lose going down, just doesn't compare. So maybe they were just doing everything they could out of desperation to say, "Fucking please, just do the easiest job in the fucking world by keeping those players in this division." And an added incentive is, we'll give you three million quid. 
Yeah, okay, maybe. But the thing is, though, mate, the fact that we're in this situation again shows that we obviously don't have the right um, appointments, the right recruitment, the right managers. No, the club's um, fucked. Yeah, and so I the think... The club is fucked. I actually think... <sighs> David Moyes, since lockdown, what 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 is our result? So we the first game we lost to Wolves. Well, the first we, two games we were lost shit, to Tottenham. weren't they? No, no I, I think we played well against Tottenham. Well, it was only we still when lost got, the game two 0 didn't yeah, we? Yeah, when they got the VAR decision. Yeah, but been. we still lost to our biggest rivals. It was an alright performance. I don't think it was fantastic. Okay, but fine. And then you know we played well. At, yeah, I mean yeah, they're Norwich and they're Watford and then and Newcastle. It's not the greatest thing. But then we played well against Manchester United. Now I'm not sitting here as Moyes' biggest fan. Do do not get me wrong. When he was appointed, I thought it was a massive backward step. I still stand by that because I think at that point we shouldn't have had to be so desperate to go back to a point of manager that we'd sat previously. I said a week or so ago, I don't think he's the man to take us forward. Um, however, the, when I've sat there on the back of the Watford game, the back of the Manchester United game, I f- you know, who knows what we'll do against Villa. Kind of irrelevant what we do, but, you know, we could win that game as well. And I think to myself... Okay, he's actually done what he should have done. The players respect him. There's no one else out there that's going to come in. What? 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 If we now sack him, I just I don't think we're in the position. I, 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 to... I just yeah, the thing is again, is there's a there's a fine line between discussing the options to replace David Moyes and tripping into an irrelevant conversation because he won't be replaced. So I almost think we should ignore the fact that we won't pay money for someone at this stage for the sake of concentrating on whether David Moyes is good enough to be West Ham manager. And I picked out four names, right? Now, maybe every single one of them would say, fuck off, not even interested, don't even want to know what you want to offer. That's actually probably quite realistic. But I got those names in five minutes from Google. Now, there are people paid in the industry to provide a shortlist of 10 to 15 people that are worth having a conversation with. Names that me and you probably never heard of, but for whatever reason, they've built a reputation, they tick certain boxes, and they meet the sort of philosophy that we're trying to implement at West Ham. So, I can't believe that David Moyes is a man that all the fans suddenly are are so content with. It just seems to me that we're just so reactionary. It just yeah. seems like we're, we're, we're fickle, we're reactionary. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's me. won two games in a row for the first time this season. He's not a Chris Wilder. He's not working miracles with average players. He has, in the last six games, actually done his job for the first time during his second reign. He's actually done his job and we played good football. There's still question marks over his in-game management. There's still question marks over him tactically. You could even argue that to a degree... There's still players that you question, despite getting results, are potentially out of position. Antonio is not much of an argument because he's been banging him in. For now, I don't like him as a winger. No. I think he's got to be a number 10. Yeah. He plays a central midfield three with Mark Noble as a deep line number 10. I don't agree with that. I think you're playing Nobles out of position there. Why For Nows isn't playing that deep line role? And maybe put, I don't know, Mazuaku on the left, maybe, who to this day is someone... I feel sorry for, because every time West Ham fans have judged him, it's been in a left-back position, which isn't his position. He's, he's pacey, he's quick, and I think in the past, he's shown signs of being quite dangerous. You know, that's what I would have gone with. Yes, David Moyes has got results. Somehow, and it is to his credit, just when we really needed it to get us out of the shit, he has managed to galvanise those players somehow. Is he now 
at the age of 56, 57, because he's not a 35-year-old new manager cutting his teeth that's going to be learning from his mistakes every day. Is he at that age now going to start becoming the manager that everyone thinks he wasn't going to be? Because guaranteed, if we go into next season and we lose our two or three first games, run the fucking poll again then and see oh, what yeah, the results yeah, I, are. I know, but I think we have to just accept that all football fans, but particularly West Ham fans... But all football fans are fickle. I mean, I must admit, I was shocked at the poll. I thought it would be sort of 50-50. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be that much. And the comments that came of it as well. Um, and I and I think to myself, yes, West Ham fans are massively fickle. Because I think if we if we say we was to lose 4-0 against Watford, and I'd run that poll, then there's no way it would have been the same. No way. Um, no. My conversation was really around, is David Moyes good enough for West Ham? He's good enough for West Ham at what we are now. So you're so if he finishes 15th next season, you'll take that? I think that's what West Ham is now. You think we're a 15th side if in the Premier League? If we're not going to buy players. No, but... So with the current squad... Going into next no, season, okay, do you think no, we'll finish 15th? No, because I actually think Moyes will do better than that. I think Moyes will get us 10th-ish, and which would be a big improvement on what we've been through the previous seasons. If we, if I was to be told we finish 10th or between 10th and 12th next year and nowhere near a relegation battle, but like comfortably up by, say, early April or whatever, I would take that because the last two three years maybe not the Pellegrini first season but regularly we've been down fighting relegation I think if he gets us between 10th and 12th that's a building block and then we need to look at 8th and a cup run the year after but I think for what we are in the shit situation that we're in at the moment I think I think he just deserves a chance. Don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here, I'm not going to be chanting David Moyes, Clarence Blue Army, I'm not going to be saying he's the saviour, I'm not going to be saying he's, I'm delighted with the choice because I'm not, but I just think with what West Ham is right now, which is a club that's just avoided relegation, where we've been told that the budget is low, I don't think it'll be as low as what other people are saying, but it's low. We've got players that clearly shouldn't be at that club that have underperformed for for years. Um, we've got a, a fan base which is on the back of the owners. Very, very toxic at the moment. Rightly so, I think. But it's a negative situation. Mm. Got a stadium that no one particularly likes. Um, I, I just think we have to be realistic. And I think he deserves the chance. He has never been had a he's never had a summer window to buy players, get players out, get players in. He's came in both times and had to have the January window. Yes, he wasted money on Hugo the first time, but he also brought in Mario, who I thought did a a fairly decent job when he was brought in. Fairly, he scored three or four goals and looked fairly decent. Yeah, but obviously, weren't enough to to yeah, keep him on. And I can't remember too again. many fans. Well, so it purely came down to not being well, able to fold him because well, I thought we could have fold well, him. Well, we probably could have because, but it was the fact that Moyes left and then Pellegrini oh, came okay. in. But um, I don't think he ripped up trees. He was all right. He wasn't. No, but he wasn't awful. But he sort of turned it around. And Bowen and Suchek have been great. Now, look, I, like I said, I'm not sitting here the biggest fan. I'll get people slating me for changing my opinion. You won't. You wait. Do you see the fucking feedback I'm going to get well, after this show? Well, either way, it's an opinion. And I just think he needs to be given a chance now. If I, I very much believe, and we've had this argument so many times on this podcast, you don't change a winning team. Moyes has the same philosophy because he's tried to keep the winning team as much as I have. Would would have done. Therefore, I believe if the team is on form at the moment, which it is, you know, because we we are playing well, you don't then sack the manager right now. So you do don't. you do you then go into next season 
as your number one striker being Antonio. No, you need to buy another forward. But then you're changing something. You're fixing something that ain't broken then. No, you, Antonio starts for me as the forward, yes, because maybe now, I mean, he's at 30-31, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he's had his calling in life and now he's, he's got the maturity to actually... I don't know, finish, or the experience to finish properly. You know the thing, Antonio's a very raw player. He came through, like, non-league football, got, you know, played for Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, Knott's Forest. You know, he's like, maybe like Ian Wright, one of those, or Stuart Pearce, those late developers, particularly Ian Wright, shall we say. And it actually reminds me, a bit of Ian Wright, obviously not as good as Ian Wright, but the unpredictability of his kind of forward play um, and, and pacey and stuff. I, I, I think you start with Antonio as the forward um yeah i do because how can you drop a man that scored 10 goals or whatever it is you yeah. know but you have to buy someone else in there a jetty i think has been treated terribly at west ham but if mm. he's really not as good as they obviously not think he is he's got to go and then for me if you could get the manager at monaco is his old manager if he wants to come in and give us back 45 million personally i'd take it i would be slightly like did we let him go too soon but i think i would take it and i would want at least two forwards in there that can prove that that have proven to score goals in the english league um but if not i keep Alair and i still sign someone else and i say to Alair, you know what do you need from me what do you need here to get goals and then I try to do that but either way you can't just have Antonio but you have Antonio as the striker because he's the one scoring the goals um, and I think I think you just go with what we, you go with momentum but I think also as much as he's brought the best out of some players I think also there are players that have tailed off since he's come in Philly Anderson ain't the same player since no. Moyes has come in I don't think Diop's the same player since he's come in no. you know, could argue Fredericks isn't you could argue Noble isn't. You know, so I, I hear these people saying, well, he's brought the best out of Antonio and he converted him into a forward from a winger. I just think there's so much rose-tinted glasses going on at the moment. And yes, again, I think the biggest, the bigger picture here is we are always going to be treading water under David Moyes, in my opinion, because we're always going to be treading water with these owners. That's where the problem is. Yeah, and that so, is where the problem so is. So don't get me wrong, mate. If we was to get new, brand new owners, say the guys that are potentially buying Newcastle, change their mind and they want to buy West Ham, yeah, and they're going to plough millions into the club, I wouldn't want David Moyes as manager. Because I'd think, well, no, that's not what we are now. We're a big club with big money. But unfortunately, at the moment, that is not what West Ham oh, is. But I think, you know, a lot of people that voted in that poll actually are warming to David Moyes as a manager and actually and actually are comfortable with the fact that he is going to be leading West Ham out next season. I, I don't think a lot of people are actually seeing it like, well, look, that's all we've got, so we'll have to live with it. I think they're actually seeing the results and the performances and thinking, I actually want David Moyes in next season, regardless of what the options are outside. Maybe, maybe, but that's, what, but for, that's why I'm doing it. And also, I think, I, part of me does want to see what he can do. You know, like... Oh, fuck me, he's been here long enough now, surely over two periods to get to know the club and the even the squad this year he's had long enough to work with the players, implement his ideas, show us that he can change a game. You know, brilliant, amazing result yesterday at Old Trafford, but those two points dropped now makes 26 points drop from winning positions. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, for fuck's sake, how can everyone overlook... But that's not all him, that's through... That yeah, but... Yeah, no, well. I know what you're saying, but it has been such a shit season... And 90% of David Moyes' reign 
He's been slagged off by West Ham fans. West Ham fans haven't wanted him here. Yet he wins three games. Three games since coming back from lockdown. And everyone seems fucking over the moon with him. I don't understand. Are we we still demanding next level or not? The poll there, 18,000 people, 70% of them want him to get the job permanently. West Ham fans, with respect, you know, fucking blow my mind sometimes. He's won three games. Two of those games were winning two games back-to-back for the first time, which was against Norwich and Watford. Yeah, it just seems like... I don't know. It's like he's, he's the future of West Ham. Just the, the fickleness and just the reactionary state of that poll just fucking blew my mind. But like you say, if we're stuck with him now because the board won't pay bigger money to get someone else in and they won't give him a transfer budget to pay with, well, then what do we expect? I think more anger and frustration than ever should be shown on them because we're having to stick with David Moyes. As opposed to enjoying a European fucking qualification campaign, yeah, um, which is what, which is why we all left Upton Park. I think that's true, and I think that that is the problem. And I think we are in a situation now where it was it was so 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 inevitable that yes, the lockdown, coronavirus, whatever, lack of games would affect clubs financially. You can see that in the Championship, the fact that Sheffield Wednesday, um, Wigan, and Who's the other one? There's one. There's one other. Um, uh, I can't remember. There's three of them in the championship anyway. Wigan and Sheffield Wednesday and someone else um, are in this financial situation where they like are potentially in ruins and they're having points deducted and and so on. Um, that because it it will affect you because you've lost gate money and so on. But it's typical that West Ham seems to be the only one that are mentioning it in the Premier League. You know, yeah. every other club is already looking to spend money on players and so on. And it gets to put Sullivan, you know, maybe not in terms of liquid cash, but in terms of assets, is a billionaire. He's a mm. billionaire, you yeah. know. And yeah, and David Gold's not exactly like, broke yet. Yeah. So, so it just baffles me that we're always the pleading poverty all the time yeah. like and i do think now it is time for them to move i mean on. you can argue to be fair not many clubs pump 40 million pound into a january transfer window yeah that is true um, and previous to that under pellegrini they took a punt and the trouble is financially windows like that for a club like west ham will catch up with you we also have suffered for not having fans through the door during a lockdown period like every club yeah, yeah. so i'm not disputing the Times are tough for West Ham at the moment. I'd be fucking raging if we hadn't spent fuck all in the last four or five years and we're pleading poverty. Mm. But we have spent big money on players that are on big wages that I think, to this day, a manager has not come in and got the best out of them. I don't think we've had someone good enough, including the current manager, to to reach the potential that we've got in that squad. Which for me, and Graham Sooner said it himself the other day on Sky Sports, someone tagged me in it, saying, Dave, how long have you been saying this? That outside the top six, West Ham are the best side on paper. Mm. But, you know, you talk about players coming in and so not... So why are we then going to have David Moyes, mate? Say that again? So why are we then going to have David Moyes? If he's as bad as you say he is, why, are we, why is that our option? Because, as you rightfully say, and I agree, the ball won't sack him and... and um, shoot for the stars and and spend the right money on the right person. 
So we're just so this is what it's, I mean, it's what I mean, mate. It's it's dog shit, and you know I know this is going to get some shit, and it feels like I'm bursting a bubble here. But I'm sorry. Yes, you've been playing well recently, but don't for one second expect me to say that fucking avoiding relegation is a good achievement for West Ham. Don't for one second think that I'm going to be happy finishing fifteenth, and suddenly David Moyes is the fucking messiah at West Ham, and these players all oh, yeah, deserve I'm a pay not, rise. I'm not because it's been a fucking awful season where. Over the course of the last six games, the players have actually decided to do their job and give a shit for once. And David Moyes has actually somehow managed to finally get the best out of his players. I'm not going to be sucked into, fucking this is it now, we're going to finish in the top four next season because David Moyes has won three games for the first time since the old king died. That's that's not how I see things, I'm sorry. But then I get angry again as to why I think David Moyes is going to be here. And it's because we've got the owners that we've got. So collectively speaking, and I haven't even started on the infrastructure and the structure of the club and how it's all mapped out, we're just fucked. You know, I'm not celebrating the fact that we've stayed up. I'm relieved that we've stayed up. And I do tweet after a game saying, fucking good performance, lads. We should be proud of ourselves. Because when we do play well, they should get credit. But you know what? If they played well for longer than six games a season, we might be having a very different conversation now. Mm. Well, this is why I think we have to just see how he goes. <laughs> see how he goes in September and then and then we judge it after four or five games. Well, then. and as always, mate, I, I genuinely hand on heart would love to be proven wrong. You know, And I will say this about him. You know, I, I do like him as a man. And I will say that, you know, I have it on very good authority, and I'm sure you do too, that he's one of the hardest working managers in the yeah, game. No yeah. one works harder than David well, Moyes, the fact apparently. That he old school scouts players. Like he, he was at the Wigan yeah. game. That, um, yeah. And I like that about him. I like that about him. But I'm just disappointed that I want, I'm so desperate to put another shit season to bed after moving into this stadium from Upton Park to then go into a new season without that excitement of new fresh eyes and fresh energy and a fresh approach to a football club that deserves so much more than it's getting. Instead, we're going forward with David Moyes again with six months left on his contract. But this is my opinion. This is just my opinion. And mate, like I keep saying, I'm not sitting here like delighted. You know, I'm not sitting here going, get in. David Moyes, what are you going to do for this club? You're going to be brilliant. I don't think that. I think we just don't have any other options. No. I'm just almost like... But don't you find that so depressing? Oh yeah, definitely, mate. It's like, I'm just resigning myself to that. He's the best of a bad bunch, which is a horrible phrase to to say but I just don't think we have any other options really I just can't see anyone coming in that would want to work for this board that isn't a gamble because you know you could maybe take someone from like league one or league two or whatever that would but you know what what are you getting if you put one of these guys in at least with David Moyes you know he can work with that board and he can get important results when needed I just think I'm going almost with security. You could gamble on a foreigner that's up and coming. Is he security, a... though? So well, he's kept us up twice. And at the moment, I know that's low ambitions, mate. Job in the world, if you ask me. <laughs> but it's not, because Pellegrini couldn't do it. Billich couldn't do well, it. Well, yeah, but we don't know that. Well, we don't know it was that. looking that way anyway. That's well, why I was sad. Do you think... Let's take the last six games and also, away. mate, let's just say there was no manager queuing up saying, give me that job at West Ham. I, I want that job. Because if it was the easiest job in the world, let's just say... Uh, 
I don't know, a manager that has been out of work that's maybe trying to look to repair their CV a little bit, but it was semi-decent. No one's springing off because I haven't thought about this before saying it, but there must have been managers out there. If it's as easy as you saying it are, saying it is, it's thinking, right, oh, that's a great job for me. I'll come into West Ham. I'll keep them up. You know, I'll be able to get them to like mid-table. I'm going to look the bollocks. I'll take that job. And for six months, I'm not going to take a massive salary because this is going to enhance my CV. What they're, none of those were queuing up, were they? Where were they? I, I don't know. I don't know. Or you would have heard them say, "I want that West Ham job." They would have gone would in. They? The pre- they would go in the press and say, "If you're, if you're determined." Yeah, but that doesn't mean to say that West Ham couldn't have, have approached them and they'd have taken it. You know, you you, well, you might. You know, there might be another job out there that. How can I put this? There might be a job out there that want you. That's your perfect job as you, X. Yeah, yeah. But you don't necessarily know that that job's interested in you. Doesn't mean to say you're only going to get that job if you say I've seen that job and I really want it. If I there could be managers out there that haven't even thought about the West Ham job, but actually would fit into the role perfectly. Well, that, that, that any manager that has an ambition to manage should see that they could manage a, a club. I'm talking about a manager that's done something in the game, you know, a bit like what David Moyes had. You know, he'd managed Everton, he'd managed Manchester United and so on. His career needed something to happen. There's hundreds of managers out there that that would apply to that has, that has maybe done a bit in the game, but then got themselves sacked. You know, if I if I had research this beforehand I could give you at least five or ten managers that have managed in the Premier League and now don't and and perhaps would want to why were they not queuing up for that West Ham job if it was me and I'm sitting there thinking that job's perfect for me it's fucking easy I've got Anderson Lanzini Allaire whoever I've got all these players that I just need to get a few results and I'm going to be seen as a great manager I'd be saying in the press I want to manage West Ham I want that job I should be the manager here I'd be saying that and if they didn't approach me and I'd I, or I'd approach the chairman I'd say look I'm available put my name in the hat for that job I want it and, I, and I'll say look I'll even do it for as much as you're going to pay David Moyes or whatever because this is going to look so good on my CV give me that job where were those managers it's a fair argument and I don't know and we don't know for absolute sure that some of those conversations didn't happen. Maybe it got to agent level, maybe right job licking her lips, but they're too greedy and we couldn't afford their wages. I mean, if you look historically at some of the managers that we have sat down with in the past, but didn't necessarily appoint, you know, that there were... There were some half decent names there in the past, weren't there? Yeah, but like you know, there, there was. But the, what, what again? Why did they not take the job? Because they probably realise it's not as easy as it first seems. This is the point. Maybe it's and maybe it's the owners. Uh, it, maybe I think it's the it owners. is, mate. I mean, look at I mean, someone that's came over the top of my head. It's not a a great example, but Harry Redknapp or Steve McLaren. I'm talking that type of manager. Yeah, that someone that's oh, uh, fuck uh, that. No, but well, uh, I'm talking Steve McLaren yeah, now. All right, but yeah, someone like that. You know, someone that has been in the game hasn't been in for a while you know but wants to maybe get back into it i would be saying give me that job that is that is what i want that's so easy give Mm. it to me look at um uh like oh what's his bloody name take someone like Villa Boas right that guy used to manage Chelsea and Tottenham I know he's got a job now so he's kind of irrelevant but it's that kind of manager I'm talking about mm. that came to England did alright with Chelsea but got the sack didn't he then went to Tottenham or was it the other way around that no, was Chelsea then Tottenham wasn't yeah. it? then he got um, the sack at Tottenham and I'd be saying look if that West Ham job's fucking easy get me in there I've I've done all of this for Porto or whatever it was he'd done before he came to, came to the Premier League I can do this at West Ham you know 
But no one, no one did. No one was interested. But then, yeah, but I, I, see, I, I don't know if you look at the Leicester job, whether all of these names you're talking about queued up for the Leicester job, or whether Leicester proactively went out and said, right, Brendan Rodgers is our man. Yeah, we're targeting him. Yeah, exactly. But again, this is the thing. Maybe those managers did put their, their hat in the ring, but maybe David Gold, who I believe was a driving force second time round for getting David Moyes through the door, just convinced that David Sullivan that that was the right thing to do, and they were just completely blinkered to anyone other than David Moyes. Maybe, but then again, we didn't hear about these people in the press, did we? Where are these managers saying, oh, I'd have loved that West Ham job? Where were they? I don't, I don't think that's typically done, is it? Well, if you want the job that much, you would. Managers, uh, managers mm. that are out of business, out of work, sorry, say that they want a job, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, they want a job, but I, I can't remember the last time I listened to a, um, a manager, a managerial interview on Talksport, and they openly said a club they would want to manage. I think a manager because I tell you, I tell you another reason why as well. It's almost like a managers' union where. If somebody's in a job or on the cusp oh, of losing yeah. their job, Not then they but if it's available, the... but but even even you know even when you see managers that are out of work and they've been pundits on Sky Sports as a guest uh, previewing a game or whatever, I've seen them swerve questions when they're asked directly, "Would you like to manage this football club?" Possibly even then went on to manage the football club. I'm not sure it's the done thing to come out publicly and say, "I want that job at West Ham." I, I think it would. In be. case it wouldn't happen, you, you, I just think you. I don't okay, know, maybe, from a PR perspective, maybe, I think that's a great move. Okay, maybe, because then if you didn't get the job, you'd look a bit of an idiot. But certainly, yeah. I don't think there was managers queuing up to get the West Ham job. Uh, no, that's and that's I believable. Say. And I, I really don't think there was, because when David Sullivan has appointed David Moyes, the argument has been, you can't get managers at this time of the year. You, because they're all one of those, like there's it's always like, it's like it's after a Christmas tree, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, a, a turkey, yeah, which is what we got. Pretty much. Like they, they don't, they can't. That like. It's, the whole club is wrong, mate. That's the that's the bottom line. I yeah, agree. Yeah. David Moyes should not be where our ambitions lie, no. but unfortunately, I think they are. And I think if if you was to give me the option of David Moyes and. I'm trying to think of what could be realistic options. The Cowley brothers now, because they're out of work. Um, who else is there? Maybe Eddie Howe, if Bournemouth go down. You know, if if you were to give me all of these options, Sean Dyche maybe might be more tempted by him. Um, you know, Sam Allardyce. No, mate, I don't think so. If you were to give me what I, I would see as realistic options at this point... I just, I just think at the moment Moyes is the only one that can turn around and say I've twice done what I was asked to do. Fucking hell, I, I just find it so depressing. I really do. I, I think the fans are just crying out for there to be something exciting, you know. And we had that excitement with Pellegrini, and we got let down there, and the ball got their fingers burnt. And I did, I did to this day feel sorry for the ball with that one because they threw money at him, they spent a few quid on transfers, and the future really did look bright. But it wasn't to be. I don't know, but I just think. I just think we're going to be treading water now. And I think until we get new ownership, um, that's not going to change. And uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing that every West Ham fan out there has a glass that's half full now. I really am. And I don't want to burst that bubble. But I can't celebrate finishing 15th. And I can't celebrate the fact that we're going to be going into the next season with David Moyes. Because I think if we finish 10th, I'd be surprised by that. 
Well, speaking of predictions, the West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition comes to an end on Sunday. Thank you to everyone who has entered. Uh, We hope you've had fun with it. I certainly have, not just by beating my good pal X, but smashing him out of the park. Uh, I don't know if that is actually true. (laughs) Well, in terms of where we are, annoyingly, after forgetting to predict in week 36. Did you? Because I forgot this week. I was hoping you'd forget. Yeah, I I did. I missed the first three or four games. I forgot. Um, So I slipped to 46th. and. You are 129th, I think. But Which isn't actually well, no, that bad. Do you know what? Yeah, no, jokes aside, jokes aside, uh, I think we've done the West Ham way relatively proud, considering yeah. close to 700 entered. Yes. Um, I'm just delighted to uh, have, uh, have proven a superior predictor out of the two of us. But <laughs> how desperate are you to beat me next year, by oh, the way? Mate, seriously, it's going to be. It's going to be. You're going to be reading newspapers, <laughs> selecting team, I'll checking forms, guys, injuries. up everything. Honestly, I'm going to win next year. I am. I am. I'm not going to forget a week. Like, I've done a couple of times I'm going to literally get it spot on and the thing is though I want you to come in on board with fantasy football okay yeah because, I, it's not my cup yeah, of tea so fantasy you say football this cause, cause shit no you don't know do you well, you thought I'd be shit at this and I fucking blitzed you away didn't I so no and I'm but I'm like David Moyes how if you was to if you was to look at the last five six weeks I reckon I'm ahead of you yeah, but what does that count for at the end of the season, though? Well, it counts for... I fucking after... forgot to play one of the weeks. <laughs> after lockdown, I got my shit together. I just need... You know, you sit around oh. in your underpants all day, so you've got... Maybe to... that's the winning formula. Maybe, Maybe. That's, that's the winning formula. Maybe that's, that's what, what Moyes needs to do going forward. <laughs> I, 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 I must admit, losing to you has been quite crushing. Yeah, I think but... that's hurt a little bit, and it, it has. has yeah. But how many curry bets have I won over the years? And, yeah, well, know, see, and... A lot of it comes down to witnesses on that, you know? No, I think you no. might have won the odd Couple, the witnesses but... are the listeners to the bloody show, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we've, so we've said them on it. Oh, um, I, I, I disagree. I don't think there's uh, there's too many. I think we've done a double of quits on everything anyway with this. We did, stupidly. Yeah, well, there you go, mate. Stupidly. So, uh, That's yeah. my gambling addiction, getting out of control. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with 46. Gutted that I didn't play last week because it could have been better than that. How did I actually, how did I actually do last week? I haven't checked. Um... Did it make much of a difference? Uh, do you know what? Because I missed about three or four games of last week. Honestly I speaking, think I the first, and there was one that was so obvious. Was it Palace losing or something? There was one result where I thought I oh, blatantly would have got at least 20, 30 points on that. Honestly speaking, I don't tend to check the scores. I just check where I am. But week thirty-seven, ten points you got, which is shit. Really. Ten points. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's pony, mate, that is. It is, and you got zero, obviously. Yeah, fucking hell, I was only 10 behind you, I didn't even play. (laughs) That is terrible, (laughs) I can't defend that. (laughs) But, but, now we approach the final game of this season, let's reveal what the prizes are for those who finish in the top five. So, first place will receive £150 cash, two season tickets for the West Ham Way pre-match event, a replica 1975 FA Cup final shirt signed by Billy Bonds, and the best prize of all, surely, an appearance on this podcast. You get to sit next to Dave's feet like I am in a hot room. I'm about to take my teeth. Yeah, I know. Off. He's fucking hot in here. We'll uh, shut the window because of the noise outside. You he's are like in a for one in hell of a treat. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Wait till he loses shit over David Moyes. It gets yeah. even hotter in here. I mean, I kind of was going down the route of a phone call, but uh, <laughs> okay. you know, we can go your way if you like. Um, but as well as all those lovely things, you also get free entry into the competition next season as well. So all to play for for that top spot. In second place... They will receive a hundred pounds, 
two tickets to a pre-match event of your choice and free entry into next season's competition. Third place will receive £50, two free tickets into a, a pre-match of your choice and free entry into next season's competition. And fourth and fifth place will receive no cash prize but two free tickets to a pre-match event of your choice and free entry into next season's competition. So, good luck to those who are in competition for prizes and we will announce the winners on next week's show. Uh, this competition will reopen at the start of next season. So if you fancy going again, having some banter with your pals, want to have a crack at the prizes or like X, just want to get revenge on your mate, then get involved and uh, we'll let you know when you can enter. Right, it's that time again. Right, mate, what have you got for us this week? So some of these things I've kind of dropped into the previous section, so I might repeat a few of them, but um, Mm -hmm. in terms of our transfer budget, now it's been reported elsewhere that we have zero transfer budget. I'm not quite sure the situation is as depressing as that, but as I've said previously on the show, money is going to be tighter, and it's going to be on a basically a sell to buy um, premises. Now, I think the chairman and... And Moyes are keen to move on. The following players, uh, Anderson, Lanzini, Wilshire, Yarmolenko, Mazuaku, Balbuena, Ajeti, um, Roberto. And if a sizable offer comes in for Allaire as well, there's no um, coincidence that in a relegation battle they haven't used your £45 million forward. Don't mean to harp on, but obviously he was injured for a bit, but the games that he's been fit, it's no coincidence. So I think Moyes wants to, and the chairman want to move them on for money mm. um, to try and bring in some players. Um, Roberto, apparently Alves, to keep the club he's been at, are keen to sign him. How much are we going to have to pay them to take well, him? Exactly. Do you know? I mean, we're not going to make much money for him, <laughs> are we? We've obviously already got rid of Zabaleta and um, Sanchez from the wage bill a jetty i think celtic are interested in them um i think it's uh is it west brom maybe west brom we're looking at them there's a few other clubs maybe interested in that i think you're gonna struggle to get anyone to take wilshire off our hands um yarmolenko might get someone from germany anderson you might get spain italian teams same for lanzini maybe but um yeah so it's gonna be trying to shift some of those on now in terms of signing players they had identified right backs, but right back now with Ben Johnson possibly isn't as pressing a situation as before. I think they're going to maybe keep Fredericks for another season um, and give him the chance to battle it out with Johnson. But prior to that, they were. I've mentioned a lot of these people before. People seem to think that I don't um, break any, any more exclusives about transfers anymore. But what happens is is that I put the names on the show, so those names then become in the public forum. So then when I repeat them. People think I'm repeating mm. what is already out there, but it's already out there because I've already said it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. People don't seem to be able to cotton on to that, but that is why. Um, and I'll be able to prove that shortly or as the season, as the window goes on, and I'll tell you about that. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I'll tell you why. Uh, Musa Varga, Varga, Barcelona mentioned him before. Mm. Definite interest there. Aaron's from Norwich. There was, but I think Norwich going to be asking too much. There's a guy at Derby called Bo- Boygill, who they've looked at. Dalot at Manchester United, potentially a loan deal there. Um, and Cash from Notts Forest. Again, it does depend on how much cash, see what I did there, they <laughs> want for him. But the fact they didn't get 
get promoted again might work towards us but that's if we want to sign a right back because there's talk that we might just be happy with what we got now left back we do want to sign and Tony Anthony sorry Robinson I think that's his name from Wigan we've watched him numerous times I've reported on him numerous times he was close to joining Milan from Wigan believe it or not <laughs> I know random transfer it's not a sentence you every day no, exactly. is it not long ago but um, he, um, he there was concerns about a heart condition and he wasn't able to pass the medical in time to then go there are some concerns about his injuries he has a lot of his youth football he was injured in and obviously this heart condition he's an American international although he's lived in England all, all his life but he's very highly rated there are just concerns about his medical condition but Wigan are in such a financial state that you could probably get him reasonably um, cost effectively uh, Rico Henry at Brentford he's someone that we've scouted before um, when he was at Warsaw I think and someone we've still looked at as we have numerous players from Brentford Please, when I say this, I'm not just throwing random names out there to cover all bases. These are players that we have scouted. I'm not saying that West Ham are going to sign 25 players. I'm about to list now. But these are all players that we have scouted at and our transfer strategies will be around these players plus a few people um, from abroad that haven't been mentioned and are slightly less on the radar. But there is, because they will be agent recommendations as well. Um, and then Manning of QPR as a left back he's a Irish international I think um, he's another one because we've watched QPR a lot recently uh, centre backs again plays the Wigan Citric Kipra the Ivory Coast international I think um, he, he's been looked at um, again because of Wigan's situation Zimmerman of Norwich been injured quite a bit this year but played quite well in the games also has an agent that we like to work with uh, Lockyer at Charlton is out of contract we, we did watch him in a game um, Lockyer I think his name is um, and then there's a guy called Malang Saar who plays for Nice and is out of contract we have tried to sign him but I don't think we'll get him because a number of clubs including Milan are looking at him so he'd be a bold shot in terms of uh, other players um, going forward Eze of QPR definite interest there and that's why we watched them and we watched Manning in a game recently I don't know if you saw but he scored a really good goal yesterday as well Moyes really likes him Hip QPR are prepared to sell if they get a reasonable offer I think his contract's coming to an end soon so he will be cheaper than perhaps he would have been if he had a longer term contract um Watkins and uh Benarama uh Brentford are targets along with Henry that will depend on their status whether they get promoted or not so they just missed out on the playoffs yesterday um, so, fucking hell just about everyone in world football then by the sounds yeah, of it yeah exactly that's what I'm saying these are all targets don't get me wrong we're not going to sign them but players all of them but players we've scouted Fraser at Bournemouth um, out of contract mm. someone that we've looked at too Scottish some Moyes probably has that link with them um, and then going forward there's we've you know Wilson at Bournemouth again. We've liked him in the past. If they go down, potential to look there. The couple of players in France, Diallo, I think his name is of Metz and Buanga, Setia, Etienne. And then there's a guy called Casper Dolberg, Ram Ramson. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I want to get out in the back of a football shirt. No, exactly. Then you got Mich- you a few quid. Mitrovic at Fulham. We've still shown yep. an interest in Grant. Uh, Huddersfield um, we've watched and there's a guy called Wiseman who's an Israeli I think he's playing in the Austrian League we've always done quite well with Israelis bar 
Patel, Ben Naim and <laughs> Catan. But if you look at Berkovic and Ben Ayoun, mm. um, especially, they've obviously had a good career there. Um, Rice, yes, Chelsea are interested. Yes, Manchester United are interested. Yes, Chelsea want to throw players at us. But the intention is to keep hold of him next year. Whether we'll be able to or not, I'm not sure. But that is someone that we are... Um, that's the situation with him. Yes, Chelsea do want to throw players at us. But, you know, we want to hold on to him. Um, then there's the Ngakia situation. Um, I've reported before that interest from... Um, from Germany, from Watford, and from West Brom. Now, if you remember, I actually said Ferguson would be leaving West Brom and going to Palace. That's now happened. So, Ngakia to West Brom wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, with Bilic and Dix there, and the fact they need a right back. Um, so, that'd be interesting. Dean Garner, um, obviously, done really well at West Brom. We Moyes wants to keep him and use him next season. Um, I think he'll be one of our winger options um, to replace the likes of Anderson if he can. So, that would be a position that we don't need to purchase we've got to give him a chance now because the whole point is you loan these players to the championship and the hope they prove themselves he has definitely done that I think West Brom want to sign him Celtic want to sign him but I think I think we're going to hold on to him obviously things could change but that's the situation at the moment as I mentioned Moyes is on a 2 to 3 million bonus keeping up I heard 3 million the papers are reporting 2 million but it's between that figure Cresswell is probably not going to play again against Aston Villa now I think he's ruled out for that game there's a chance he could play but I'm pretty sure he's ruled out Bowen's 50-50 if it was me I wouldn't gamble on either of them I'd nah. just save that's it thanks mm. guys there's no point risking them um Hammers United, um, which is the main group behind the board protests, um, have a meeting with the club as do a couple of other fans groups but them being the most notable one um, around season tickets how they're going to work because potentially next year we could be at a capacity of 20,000 how are they going to allocate that when we've got so many season tickets they're also going to question the movement of the stands behind the goal because whilst technically it does bring the middle row rows closer to the pitch other rows have moved further back and it's also the case of some people have been separated from the people they bought season ticket with mm. so one guy's gone forward and the next guy's gone back mm. and they're actually not sitting next to people they bought season tickets with so they're meeting with Hammers United now um, I think today possibly but certainly in the next couple of days to discuss that so the club are listening to them but it would be interesting to see what comes out for the season ticket renewals with that um, that is pretty much it um, as I said a lot of it I've covered previously the transfers I don't want everyone to say I'm just naming everyone I'm naming players that have been scouted um, mm. or watched or some interest once we are knowing the situation with Bournemouth and Brentford and um, other teams like that then our strategy becomes more concise as I said on Tuesday, people that saw my tweet, Suchek has agreed terms. He is a West Ham player. Yeah, West fucking Ham are, great signing. Yeah, great signing. West Ham have already done all the promo on it. Contract's been signed. It'll just be when they choose to announce it, which could be tomorrow. It could be after the Aston Villa game. But he is a West Ham player. Brilliant, brilliant. Fascinating as always, mate. Thank you very much. Opinion is in demand. There ain't 
Have you ever searched for something online that you didn't want others to know about? Come on, let's be honest. We've all been there. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. And you're always vulnerable to your information being sold to ad companies. That's why, even when you're at home, you should never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. This is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, which is www.expressvpn.com west, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. I'll give you that again, www.expressvpn.com west. Welcome back to the final part of the show, where as always, you've been good enough to send us your questions, and X is going to read a handful of them out. So this is from at Joe Startswell. Um, obviously not to do with West Ham, if that's the case. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what combination of players plus cash would you take for Rice from United and Chelsea? Oh, from United and Chelsea. See, I mean, we won't go into the whole debate as to whether Declan wants to leave and how he would handle it if we told him he isn't going to leave. I think we have to resign ourselves to the fact that it's inevitable he will do. So straight away, you have to accept that he's moving on, I believe. In the case of Chelsea, I've always genuinely been a big Ross Barkley fan. I have. I'm glad you said that. Actually. Yeah, I, without a doubt. Um, great number 10, represented his country, liked him at Everton. Don't think he's had the opportunity to thrive as such at Chelsea, yet think he's done okay. Yeah. Um, attacking intent, skillful, quick, can beat players, can score, can create. Great, great little player. I like him a lot. Dribbling as um, well. How old is he, Ross Barkley? 26, I think. Yeah, see, that's a good age yeah. as well. Now, obviously, what price Chelsea put against him, I don't know. Would I accept Barkley and 60 million for Rice? Probably yes. Yeah. Would I accept 50? I think I'd I'd want to hold out for 60, but yeah. it's there or thereabouts. He's the one that springs to mind for me. United, realistically, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we can, we can list some names that just wouldn't be realistic. I think Barkley is realistic, yeah. and I'm not sure for that reason anyone else really springs to mind. I wouldn't look at Batshuayi again. No. Number one, I don't think he's that good anyway. No. Number two, he's turned us down three times in the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the obvious one for me. Yeah, I think the same for me. I mean, bottom line is I wouldn't sell Declan Rice. No. Um, so for any price, because I don't think whatever you bring in is going to be better. But like you said, assuming you are, realistically, I would take Barkley. Um, if you could get Loftus-Cheek, maybe, I'd probably take him. Although he's a bit injury-prone. I do think he is a good player. Um, yeah, I Manchester United, there's no one realistically that stands out to me. I mean, I guess realistic options would be someone like Jones, Smalling, Lingard, someone like that. Probably take Smalling, maybe. I think he's done all right at Roma this year. Mm. He's not a bad centre-back, but um, I just don't want Rice to go. No, None of me these neither. Options. I mean, you know, I think... Yeah, none of them stand out to me. Obviously, if I could take any, why don't I take Greenwood? I think Greenwood's phenomenal. I really do. He's such a good forward. I don't think I've ever been as excited about a forward like this since probably Michael Owen or Rooney, maybe. I think he's really, really good. Um, do you but- reckon? Do you reckon if Chelsea came in with a firm bid 
for Declan Rice and Declan Rice was aware of it. But we offered him the armband and 150, 200 grand a week, he'd stay. Well, I wouldn't like to answer that. I In your opinion? That. I wouldn't uh, I don't know. I really don't. It depends what Chelsea would offer him. Mm. Um, and also, I don't know. I've, I don't want to be negative, but I think if you're Declan Rice, realistically, you've got to take the Chelsea. As much as I'd love him to stay at West Ham, mm. you're not going to get maybe that opportunity again. And realistically, the next 10 years... Every year, Chelsea are going to be better than West Ham. Mm. Yeah, there's not going to be a season where West Ham are going to achieve more than Chelsea. Let's mm. be honest. Mm. Even if, like, unless the miracle happens and Abramovich leaves them and joins us, maybe, you know, nothing is going to make us better than Chelsea. So mm. I think if you're Deck and Rice, you go. I hate to say it, but I think you do. Um, but I don't want to think about that. Let's move on. <laughs> At, um, do Ganator. Do Ganator. Yeah, I think so, maybe. Um, uh, hi, lads. Thanks for the great work of the podcast. Keep it up. Do you agree that in the light of recent big money flops, the days of big money marquee signings are over for us and we should concentrate on a longer-term project with younger, hungrier players? Yes, I do believe in that. And I think the prime examples are Anderson and, dare I say, potentially Hilaire. Yeah. Um, definitely we should go for young, hungry players like Bowen. Uh, because you want players that appreciate the fact they're playing for West Ham and they're hungry and they respect the badge, they respect the history, they love the fact they're playing the Premier League for West Ham and they've bought into West Ham. Now the trouble is, when we sign these fringe players from massive clubs, they are only coming to West Ham for money. Because why else are they coming to West Ham? When we get to a position, or if, hopefully when, we get to a position where we are sixth, fifth, maybe even seventh, and we're a club that's steered in the right direction and we're appealing for clubs to come and play for, then I think it's different to look at some of these high pedigree players because they will join because they could be the difference between us getting in the Champions League or not. So that's their motivation. But until that happens, I think we have to look at the the young, hungry talent that appreciates wearing that shirt. I agree. I think the likes of Eze and... Some of the names I linked are the right players to go for at this yeah. stage. I think he's a very good player. I think we should do all we can to sign him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure this question's far Oh, yeah. Um, at John Warren, TRI. Diop, is he all that? And would you take Nathan Klein available on a free at the moment? Yeah, Nathaniel Klein, I've always been a big fan of him. I'm not a fan of his injury record. That would be a, a worry for me. Because you'd be getting him on a free... How much would you have to pay for his wages? Is he potentially another Jack Wilshere sitting on 100 grand a week, never playing for West Ham? That's my concern. Though if he's fit, I'm a big fan of his. So I understand why they've asked the question. Um, what was the other question? Is Diop part of that? that? With, with Diop, I mean, for me personally, I think he's gone off the boil. I think he, he came into West Ham, showed standout performances, even attracted compliments from the likes of Jose Mourinho saying what an outstanding player he is and what an even better player he'll become. I think he's gone slightly backwards in his development having spent his time in the Premier League. I expected more from him. And I think in some respects he's made a Bonner look even better than he has been because he's been pretty bang average. But he's still a player I'm desperate to keep hold of and hope he reaches his potential when he's consistent enough to play at his potential because if he is I think he could be one hell of a player I mean that I think I agree with everything you've said there I think Nathaniel um, uh, Klein has also got off the field 
issues, shall we say, as well, which like make fitting him, at West Ham, didn't yeah, Which make him too much of a gamble. But um, yeah, I am. Um, I agree with what you said there on Diop as well. I think potentially he could be extremely good, but isn't performing as well as I think he can at the moment. Um, Chris, uh, sorry, CD Sweets, nineteen ninety. It feels like every season we are playing with injuries, and it costs us big time. Are we just unlucky, or do we need to be asking questions of the training methods and medical team? Yeah, year after year, it seems to happen with us, yeah. doesn't it, on the injury front? And you know, it doesn't help when you see the facilities at the training ground that you know the owners try and tell us X amount's been invested into it, but yet despite that, you compare that to everyone else in the top half of the division, and we seem like a League One side in comparison. So the facilities may be um, the, the, the level of our medical staff I don't know them but is that a question mark it's, there's got to be something signing injury prone players well there is that as well Wilshire, there is Carroll. that I mean some players we've signed I don't know how they're getting through a medical how did Jack Wilshire pass a medical God knows. so that needs screening as well yeah. you know what's that process look like and yeah. how are these players being signed you're quite right yeah injury prone players I think there's probably two or three areas that we have to look at in that respect. And um, it is a worry because, you know, you're spending money on these players that you're pinning your hopes on to make a difference in a season and you're just not seeing them. Yeah, I agree. At DNXN90, with the latest news that there is no transfer budget, can the owners even afford to own West Ham anymore? Also, if true, why won't they sell as they will definitely make a profit? I'll let you take that one, mate. Um, I don't think the budget is as low as it's being reported, but I think the club wish you to believe it's that low, if that is the diplomatic way of saying it. They want um, to under-promise under and over-deliver, that's what they're looking yes, to do, I isn't it? Yes, I think so, yeah. Um, and um, I also think uh, perhaps they have they have got to a point now they can't take us any further. You then need to sell on, and they would, as the guys said, make a huge profit on West Ham. And they bought West Ham for £80 million or something. Yes, they took on all the debts, but um, they'd just be able to get a good 300, 400 million for us mm. now. So, yeah, you'd think they would. But, um, yeah, to know why they don't, they can't enjoy it, surely. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I've like, said that many a time. Yeah, um, at Wayno57, hi lads, do you guys think the pandemic has taken the pressure off the owners? Seems that much of the heat has died off, not because there's no fans at games do you think it'll be galvanised uh, possibly yeah I mean it's in that respect it's come at a good time for them and I think again we go back to is it beneficial not having fans in the stadium and I think probably probably it has been yeah. in all honesty I think so because you think just before we went into lockdown there was protests yeah there, there was the there I was it massively helps them and I think mm. you know that having not having those protests there's no talk of them anymore because we don't yeah. know when we're going to be allowed back at games and yeah. how we're going to so I think it's massively helps them I think the fact they've got saying they've got zero transfer budget I've you know, if that was if the season was going on now and we had matches and stuff, the surely we'd be picking up on that as a protest group. Um, so I think it's massively, massively hell. And now they've got a ready-made excuse as to why they've got no money. I mean, I'm not horrified. I'm not horrified at the fact that they're saying we've got no budget because if you look at our expenditure in recent times, I think we have probably overspent. And shot for the stars a little bit in recent times. And invested, actually, in, again, I go back to saying, a good squad of players. And I also, I suppose, 
am comfortable to a degree with that because I think we've got assets we can sell to give David Moyes a relatively decent amount of money to go and play with, especially if we're looking at some of these younger, hungrier players from the Championship, for example. Um, but we can't have that season after season. No, no, I agree. Um, at Mickey Y Saunders, have you ever thought about organising a West Ham festival type thing on a match day? Could be something over the summer with a range of guests somewhere. Yeah, it's not a not a bad idea. I mean, maybe it's just uh, it'd be a bigger version of what we do now. Might be a way around social distancing and stuff. If we had it outside on a stage, chairs outside in the summer. Yeah, beer. I mean, the the, the first question is where do you do it? Yeah, I mean, we'd have to put a lot We wouldn't of be allowed to do it outside the stadium. No. So it's where do you do it, and then there's the practicalities of it, and then how do you manage it, how do you run it, and would you get the people? It'd be great to get these events back on soon, won't it? it really yeah. Would, we had some good guests lined up. Oh, we did. Oh, actually, on that note, uh, quite a few people have tweeted me, I don't know if you've had the same, asking if we're doing an event for the Villa game, because if you remember, yeah. we put out a poll to say we're looking into the potential of um, doing an event at O'Neill's and then watching the game on a projector mm. after the event. We looked into it, we did everything we can, but unfortunately, um, the the venue just can't do it. No venues can do it at the moment because of uh, government guidelines. I think it's along the lines of no kind of music events or sporting events and we would fall under that category so it can't happen unfortunately but we hope to be back ASAP next season because we both miss him as I'm sure everyone that goes does he can't sing in closed uh, quarters is that what it is that as well so obviously where we do like singing bubbles and stuff yeah yeah yeah, things like that. Shame. Um, at glass underscore Peter. Hi, X. I seem to remember that before he went to Liverpool, we had shown interest in Klopp. Um, was this ever true? P.S. Love the show. P.P.S. Don't retire, please. <laughs> um, I, see, the thing with Klopp, and I, this tweet often gets dug up, um, unfortunately, and it, <laughs> as something that I did say. Now, I said that there's a chance that Klopp could be interested in the West Ham project because at the time before he'd got the Liverpool job, he stated he wasn't looking to go to a big club necessarily like a, a Real Madrid where it's kind of ready-made for you. He wanted something to develop and mm, make his project yeah. and challenge. Now, obviously, Liverpool is a much grander scale than West Ham, but at the time when he took over, it was continued underachievement and won the league for however many years. Um, I don't know, they got close under Rodgers, but they mucked that up. Um, so it was kind of a project. He what there was a very indirect chat with his agent where I think we said, Look, we've got a brand new stadium, you know, we, we've got this coming, we've got that coming. Would you be be interested? And I think he said something along the lines of, we'll see. Like, I don't think there was ever anything concrete between it. And then obviously, like, Liverpool came in and offered him a really exciting project. So I don't think it was ever, ever close. Um, but if we'd been able to go to Klopp and say, brand new stadium, take this team in. you got got 100, 200 million to spend on players. Go for it. That was what he was looking to do. Mm. But I don't think well, who knows? Now he's won the Champions League and the Premier League and he's looking for a new challenge. Maybe <laughs> yeah. David Sullivan can pick the phone up and see if he fancies it. That's right. I mean, he's got to be the best manager in the world now. Nah, he's I would he's say. different class, he's mate. He's got to be because you talk about Guardiola, who obviously is sensational himself, but he's never 
taking a team like Liverpool to like yeah. as good as they are now mm. like because they've gone massively better mm. since then you know Barcelona have always been good yeah. Man City have always been good um you could uh, you could actually say he may and I'm gonna get stick for this be underachieving at Man City because they've never won the Champions League yeah. um they won the league Yes, they've won the league a number of times, but they've never done the Champions League. They could win it this year, couldn't they? Mm. So maybe I'll take that back. But um, I think, yeah, you look at Zidane at Real Madrid. He's always managed Real Madrid. You know, he's not got, yeah. he's not proven it anywhere else. I don't think from memory. Um, who else is there? I, don't even, I can't even think of the Barcelona manager is now. Stupidly. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. So I know what I you mean. He's probably going to be the most. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's hard to disagree with. Um, at Stephen J. E. Smith, two-part question. First part, what do you think of the Inside Irons feature on YouTube? Seems a bit familiar to what you had in mind if you did a YouTube podcast. And secondly, what do you think? who do you think deserves to wear the number nine shirt next season as it is still vacant? What's this Inside Irons podcast? So it's Chris Skull. And he basically interviews like ex players. Oh yes, match. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had Colton Cole on numerous times. I think Anton Ferdinand's been on it. Konchesky may have been on it. It's actually quite good. I mean, I, I can't claim to watch every single show because I don't watch much to do with West Ham like no. that. So we've got such an involvement. But when I have watched, it has been good. It's um, pre-match, is it? It's pre-match, yeah. It is what we were going to do. It is something I suggested to the club yeah. numerous times that we should do. Uh, Chris Skull came from Knees at Mother Brown podcast. Yeah. Got voted along with Evan and Holly by public vote. I helped the three of them quite substantially at the time to get through. They seem to have binned off Evan and uh, Holly yeah. and stuck with Chris. Um, rightly so. Cause yeah, he's, he's done, a good, good lad, Chris. He's a good lad. He's we know him very well. The 90s good lad. podcast he does. Quickly, Kevin is brilliant if you haven't mm. listened to that. Um, so he's definitely deserving of the role it is what we would have liked to have done I think the club probably I think Chris Skull had told the club that's what they should do as well they need to if they want to be more engaging have shows like that they they want to do things like that we do unfortunately with what I do as in the ITK stuff I think there's always going to be a bit of a, a barge pole with me and you yeah, yeah, to bring yeah. you down no I understand of, because of that I think they'll always be a bit resent, like apprehensive with me yeah. um, but you know I think they are they have missed a chance the reason they did the inside oh, the West Ham insider which was shocking to do <laughs> but they did it because they saw how much traction yeah. the likes I got so they, yeah. look, they, they do need to do things like that but yeah, yeah so and also so the club know about our events because a lot of people that that come to our events might not know this, but if you see people appearing at half time or before a game on the microphone talking to the fans, and you've just seen them at our events, it's no coincidence. We always try and get them work at the club, so they're doubling their money on the day. Yeah. So. Um, we the, help the club massively. We, we do. Oh, we, we make their life easy. Well, Rather than play- them going out to clubs, we're basically managing their diary for them, well, exactly. player and, and club. And there's been players that have been nowhere near the radar that we've got. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I always look at Christian Daly. No one had really heard from Christian Daly no. before. So I've spent a lot of time getting him. I had to go for his wife and various other. <laughs> for not, want of a better expression. Say, I should have probably phrased that a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, He's but, supposed to be shagging your wife. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're such good mates. You just take it in turns now. But uh, yeah, like through through that, and then obviously we got him on. The, we did a great event with him. Yeah, and yeah. We got, and we got. I got him to the island 
other event as well. And now he's an ambassador at the club. Now I'm not saying that's all down to me because obviously he's very charismatic and yeah. really good at what he does. But he's one. You know, I think there's a few others like no, there's loads. There's Hayden loads. Mullins, we we got involved. Yeah, there's more. loads. So so they would understand. The club would understand the concepts of what we do and the success of what we do with the pre-match event. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. And fair play to them. There's no pattern on what we do if they've taken the concept and the idea of a pre-match discussion with a player and put it on YouTube before a game. Yeah. Man, good luck to them. Fair enough. As for the number nine, I think the new a new forward signing needs to be the number nine. I'd let Allaire if he stays. Keep twenty two. I think it's significant to him. And um, and you hate him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate him. I, honestly, I would love to be proven wrong with him. I really, really would. So I know. I know. He's you a forty five million pound forward. Yeah, yeah. I've dreamed for West Ham to sign a forty five million pound forward <laughs> and bang the goals in left, right, and centre. If only he would do that. Then yeah. I would like let him keep twenty two because that'll be the number of goals he scores next season. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so yeah, I think keep him as that. Um, and then whoever the new sign is, what's Antonio? I can't even feel what Antonio's number is. And he's 30 or something like that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah. yes, you could with him. But I think when you've had the same shirt number for so long, you should keep it. It's like Declan Rice. Yeah. Declan Rice should never give up for Yeah, true. Number. I always like, used to think he should have done, yeah. and the club should have replaced that no, number. But like you said, you make it your own, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's significant with him. Yeah. his number now. Yeah. If someone else was 41, it wouldn't seem No, right. it's like Beckham 23, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. I think no. you've got, you got to keep that. I understand. Um, at Luke Bar 812... Seven six four six six. Um, I hope that's not his telephone. I just read it out. <laughs> um, what team would you want to get relegated this year, and why would it be Tottenham? <laughs> what team would I want to get relegated he's this year? Joking. He's just saying because we obviously we all want Tottenham to go down, but it, like, but realistically, like, if if you could choose out of the three teams, so it's between Bournemouth. Watford and Villa, isn't it really? Who would you take to go oh, down? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be. Uh, did we have this question last week? Did we? I think so. Uh, I think I went with um, Villa and Watford. I oh, think yeah, we did because I said Bournemouth because I like yeah, the way day there. Yeah, yeah, we did. Sorry, that's my poor selection. But, but it'd be I great guess, if Tottenham went down. Well, fucking hell. I guess he's saying next season. I mean, yeah, obviously. next season if we could choose three teams to go down. So let's say West Brom and Leeds are up, aren't they? Yeah. And let's just pick. I don't know. Let's pick. And we're talking realistically. Yeah, are pick, let's pick Swansea to go up, or because of the way they got into the yeah. uh, playoffs. So let's say that they're the ones up. Uh, who left realistically? Would you like to go? Obviously, I'd go Chelsea, Tottenham. And... Well, I don't like Swansea to be no. honest. I can't even really tell you why. Just not a likable club for me. So they'd be the first if we assume they come yeah. up. Sheffield United. I'd like to go. Yeah, Sheffield like United because of the history. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk myself out of a good away day here but I don't like Leeds as a football no, club I don't like Leeds I do like the away day and I like the fact mm. they're a big part of English football history yeah so that's true like they deserve yeah. to be there um, yeah so yeah maybe them I'm trying to think if there's someone else I've missed uh... yeah when it comes to, to realistically I mean I know this is incredibly harsh, but Palace. The, I don't like Palace. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Palace. I yeah. don't like them. I I'd like to see them go. I don't like yeah. their fans. On, no, I don't tend to get involved with fans on social media from other clubs because yeah. I, I don't think I'd be able to keep my temper, to be honest with you, so I avoid it. But I see other spats oh, at West Ham yeah. fans. They always have, really. me. 
Yeah, are they? Yeah, always. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think I'd go Palace. Shit, it's, it's a crap. It's a crap stand. Yeah. It's always a fun away day. Yeah. It's, it's always a good, like, in terms of the banter, the drinking and stuff. One of my favourite ever away games was uh, there when I went with Vince and we drunk in this African uh, Ghanaian bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember you telling Andre me about that. I, in, in <laughs> it was such a great day. Um, but, um, yeah, the ground is a shit hour. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'd go Palace, Sheffield United, and who was the other one we said? Uh, Palace, Sheffield United. And Leeds. Uh, oh, Swansea we went with, Swansea, didn't we? Swansea, yeah, probably Swansea, although that's if quite a good away day as well. Mm. Potentially away days. Uh, the four playoff teams are Brent, which I've never been I've never been to their old or their new stadium that'd be quite yeah. a good once it's close Fulham's always a good away day because it's on the Thames yeah. Cardiff like we although we've had a shit performance yeah. that was good going to Cardiff right. fucking I hope they're going to Cardiff yeah Swansea's a, Swansea's a, a more down market version I went on holiday I stayed right between Cardiff and Swansea and I quite liked Cardiff but Swansea was horrific yeah. but I think anyway. it's, uh, is it fair to say you poor man's Cardiff yeah, Swansea so I would probably say I mean we're probably being we're going to get a lot of stick from the well, don't shoot the messenger. John Hartson's from Swansea. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah so that's true. Yeah, he might tell you that himself. Yeah, maybe. Um, at Ian Deakin 16, how impressed have you been with Ben Johnson so far? And do you think other academy players should feature next season? Um, I think I have been impressed. I think I'd like to see Connor Coventry have a go. I'd like to see Holland have a go and maybe Silver, the ones he lists. I think they're probably the standout ones. Diallo is a good player, but um, he hasn't even featured much at all. I'd like to see him. Chester's a good player. Um, the uh, centre-back, Elise. Is it Elise? Yeah, the young one. No, Font- is it Fontaine? What's his name? Fontaine, I think, something like that. I've forgotten his name now, which is stupid because he's incredibly highly. No, Baptiste, that's it. Baptiste, he's very highly rated. He's young, though. But I think there's a lot of good players coming through. Um, So, yeah, it's a good time for the academy. Um, I'm trying to do this quickly. This is the last question, actually. And someone's written underneath brutal questions. So, it's quite a good one to end on. At Sargy Poos. Um, (laughs) He's called Gary Sargent. That's where he got his name from. Um, Would you rather Moyes with no transfer budget? or Avran Grant with 50 million to spend oh fucking hell Moyes with no transfer budget <laughs> yeah same I think fucking yeah. hell that's a no brainer that one yeah about, Jesus Christ Rodo, nah it? same really yeah. same yeah Rodo I mean actually signed some good players he signed Repka and Hutchinson didn't he didn't he sign Schemmel as well maybe? yeah but to get relegated with that fucking know, side it's yeah. unforgivable that and I don't think he'd done anything after that I mean I think he fell ill after didn't he was, yeah. was it around after so maybe no, that's why he hasn't managed no, he since. has managed afterwards he oh managed, he did he managed Newcastle after us got oh, the sack he there. did didn't he he managed Norwich got the sack at Norwich you're right and, and then didn't he manage didn't he even, like, I always thought he must interview bloody good because yeah. every time he got the sack, he seemed to get a, get a fairly decent job after because he got the sack before us. He got the sack at Watford and Gillingham, and then then he definitely managed Newcastle after us. Yeah, then Norwich, and um, and then he was a manager. Now he was a managerial advisor. Oh, <laughs> fuck God knows me. how you get that job at Stevenage, who I think. Maybe at the bottom of the of League Two. So <laughs> well, I've just gone back to semi-professional football yeah, now. Haven't I they? think so. Yeah, so that might be Jesus doing, Christ. But, um, yeah, it's like trusting McDonald's with your cow, wasn't it? Asking Glen Road <laughs> to fucking help you out. Yeah. And Avran Grant. Yeah, well, but, um, Jesus, that's bad. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, look, I, I know, I know, I'm going to get absolute pelters. I said to you off air as well for saying what I've said about David Moyes for two reasons. One. 
it's probably well it is negative content on the back of what's been a positive period and um and two because you know i'm part of that 30 percent as opposed to the 70 that are really sort of embracing what he's done over the last six games. But I do just want to say, you know, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm fucking, you've got some campaign against him at the moment. I haven't. I do wish him well. I've said earlier in the podcast, he is a likeable man. I, I respect the fact that he works hard and he does work very hard. But I am frustrated that we can't progress with someone in my eyes that's bigger and better and he's going to steer us towards the next level that we've all been dreaming of since leaving the bowling ground. So I have got my tin out on. I do understand that he's probably going to rile a few people, what I've said. It's all with the best intentions of, of having West Ham at heart. And I wish him well because I'd love to be proven wrong and let's see what happens next season. But mm. things need to improve across the club. Massively. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think that um I think that is true. I, I like I said I don't wanna um talk about being the, the biggest David Moyes fan, because um, I'm not. Um I just I think I'm just trying to be realistic to the situation, but right well that is the end of the show we hope you've enjoyed it as always thanks for listening thanks for giving us your questions and thank god we can all breathe easy now and put this season to bed enjoy the game on sunday look after yourselves and until next week come on you irons when you love riding a motorcycle you want to ride it everywhere even getting a dental checkup mr carter wouldn't you prefer the chair i'm fine on my bike doc well let me know if you feel any discomfort And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, why do people say it goes without saying and then say it anyway? I mean, if it really goes without saying... You should instead not say it and just give a knowing look? Well, folks, it goes without saying. Uh, what does? The thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.